Good morning, handsome. I love you. Um, I decided to switch it up today. Um, I know I'm supposed to do Matthew 15, but instead, I'm doing Peter, or 2 Peter, chapter 3. Because I felt like it's important. And it actually ties more into the time that we're in now than Matthew 15. But Matthew 15 is also very important. So I'm going to resume Matthew 15 after this. But, you know, I went to church service yesterday and you didn't get to hear it. But I did because I was there. And uh, the lesson we were taught was really good. Obviously, Brian does it. 10,000 times better job than me, but I thought if I could just explain half the things that he did, maybe, just maybe, you'll get half of what I got yesterday. Obviously, you probably won't get what I got out of it because I won't teach it as good as Brian, but I'll try. Anyway, so in this, Simon is writing it. You know, Simon was the apostle, or the one of the top disciples. His name was Simon and his name changed to Peter. So in Second Peter chapter three, Peter is talking to the church. And there's only eighteen verses, so it might not be too long. But here we go. In verse one it says This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, and both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance. That ye may be mindful of the words which were spoke before by the holy prophets and the commandment of the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking on their own lust. So, pretty much in verse 2, he was telling the church, like, just be mindful, just remember that the apostles, the disciples, they told you. They told you what was going to happen. They prophesied what was going to happen. And they prophesied that in the last days, that there will be scoffers walking in their own lust. There'll be people walking around. They'll be laughing and mocking God. You know, he ain't ever going to come. This, that, and the other. And they'll be living for their own sin, for their own lust. So then in verse 4 it says, And saying, Where is this promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And I have already heard many people say that. I mean, just people in my school, they don't even know. They don't even know what they're doing, but they're filling out these prophecies. And they don't even know they're doing it. But, I mean, I, I know kids in my school that have said, you know, oh, whatever. You know, mom and dad talk about Jesus Christ coming back. But pff, they've been talking about that since forever, since the beginning of the earth. Well, here we are. It says when people start talking about that, that is a sign of the end of times. So then in verse 5, it goes to say, For this is they willingly are ignorant of. That by the word of God and the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word 
are kept in store, reserved into fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So, verse 5, let's break it down. It says, For this they are willingly ignorant of. By the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. So it's saying, these people, they're ignorant. They have a lack of knowledge about the Bible, and they're willingly ignorant. Like, they know they have a Bible. They know they can read their Bible. They know they can study their Bible. But they're choosing to not. Because they don't want to be bothered with the word. They don't want to be bothered with all that. And it's saying that the earth, the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. So it's saying that when these people come... When these people are willingly ignorant and they come and it's like it is now pretty much, the world will perish being overflowed with water. It's being overflowed with water. Whereby the world was then was being overflowed with water. The world will perish. Hmm. I have not heard that. I did not know there was going to be another flood. Oh, no, there's not going to be another flood. Sorry, (laughs) light bulb. It says, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. So it's saying the world now, the world now, having water, standing in water, will perish. Okay, that makes sense. Because, you know, it's supposed to be hellfire and brimstone, not water. That's why there's rainbows. Because he promised to never have another flood again. I'm a little dumb sometimes. Okay, sorry. You just, you just witnessed my brain thinking hard. (laughs) Okay, verse 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved into fire against the day of judgment. And the perdition of ungodly men. So, the earth and the heavens... Are now in store. So this is talking about the thousand day. After Jesus comes back. Afterwards. I think it's talking about the thousand year reign. And it's talking about how. The heavens and the earth. Will be restored. You know we're going to come back down to the earth. For a thousand years. Until the judgment day of God. For the the ungodly people. Okay. That makes sense. Verse 8. But beloved are not ignorant of this one thing. The one day, that one day, it's with the Lord as a thousand years, as a thousand years as one day. So what that's saying is, you know, God's not controlled by time. A thousand days here is one day in heaven. So we don't need to say all this. Oh, well... (sighs) It's been 2,000 years. It's not going to happen. God's waited 2,000 years. God's waited two days. It's been two days since Jesus has has been resurrected, has died, and came back. It's been two days for God. 
The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. And some men count slackness, but and some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, not willing that they should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So what that's saying is the Lord's not slack. He's not not going to come back. He's not going to not keep his promise. He is going to keep his promise. And some men say, well, that's, he's just being slack. He's waiting so long. They don't even think he is coming back. They think, they don't, they don't think he's going to keep his promise. But it's not that God's not going to keep his promise. It's that he's long-suffering. He's a good God. I mean, he gives us one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, as many chances as we will need to come to him. He gives us those chances. So it's not that he's pushing off his promise. It's that he's trying to give us as long as he can so that more people can come to him and we won't perish because it's his will that all live and none should parent. Uh, perish and that we should all come to repentance so then in verse 10 it says but the day of the lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heaven shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat with a fervent heat fervent heat whatever with a hot heat the earth also And the works that are therein should all be burned up. So that is saying, the day of the Lord will come back. It's like a thief in the night. Nobody knows when it's going to happen. It's going to happen at any time. It could happen in the middle of the night. It could happen in the middle of the day. It could happen and you have no clue. It could be right now. It could be before you even hear this video. It could be right after you finish this video. It could be in the next five years. But it's coming. And what it's saying is that we're all going to go to heaven or we're going to go to Hades and the earth will be destroyed and burned up with fire and brimstone. Not with a flood because I read that wrong earlier. (laughs) I'm glad these audios are just for you and uh, you don't judge me. (laughs) Verse 11. Seeing then that there is things... Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved with the manner of persons, ought ye to be in holy conversation and godliness. So that is saying, seeing that all these things are going to happen, seeing that the Lord's going to come back, the earth is going to be destroyed, people are going to die and go to hell. We should be in holy conversation and godliness with other people. We should be witnessing. We sh- I mean, if we're truly a Christian, we should be burdened. We should be burdened to witness to other people because we don't want our friends to die and go to hell. We don't want our moms and dads or our brothers and sisters or our aunts and uncles to die and go to hell. We need to be witnessing or just our friends. We don't want these people to go to hell. And if you believe in a hell and you know how terrible a hell is, you wouldn't even wish your enemy to go there. Verse 12, looking for and hasting unto the coming day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. 
So that's again just saying, you know, we should be talking to these people because we're looking, we know we're looking forward to a day where God comes back and the earth is dissolved and the elements melt. All the elements of the earth melt. So we should, we should be, we should be with these people. We should be worried, burdened for these people. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Which is exciting and not at the same time. When you think of looking for new heavens and a new earth, I mean, it's exciting for us because we know one day we're going to be put back on earth and there's going to be no sin. We're going to have a perfect life. Hopefully, me and you will be married, and me and you will be together, and we'll be able to live on earth for that thousand years together. But, we've also got to think about it, like, one day there is going to be a new earth. And this earth is going to be destroyed, and all the people on this earth are going to either go to heaven or go to hell. But they're not going to stay here, because you can either go to heaven or go to hell, but you can't stay here. And we need to be worried and concerned And truly praying, I mean in hard prayer for these people that we love so much. Or even the people we don't love. There could be people, you could have neighbors in a five mile radius that you don't even know that could not believe. And you should be burdened for them too. Just the lost world in general. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may not that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. So, just hope that when we die and go to heaven, we're found in peace without spot, blameless. Like we have the sacrifice, we have Jesus. That way we can go to heaven, not only us, but we can share it with other people and they can be blameless. They can be in peace. They can be without spot. They can be, you know, cleansed by the blood. And they can go to heaven too. Verse 15, and the account of long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in his apostles, epistles, sorry, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they Our unlearned and unstable rest. Rest. As they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. So that is saying that verse 15 said, And the account that the long suffering of the Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, according to his wisdom given you, hath written unto you. So that's just saying, you know, the Lord is long-suffering, and that's good for our salvation. But, and then Paul went to go write, as also in his epistles, speaking in some of these things, in which some things may be hard to be understood, which they are unlearned and unstable rest, as they also the other scriptures until their own destruction. So, 
That's hard for me to know, but I know what it means because Brian explained it to me tonight. And pretty much what he said was that it's hard to understand the scriptures. And if you can't understand the scriptures, they will go unlearned. They won't, they'll go unstable. They'll be hard to understand. You won't learn anything from them. And in order to learn things from the Bible, we have to understand the Bible. In order to understand the Bible, we have to read the Bible. But if you're reading and you're not understanding, then he said you need to pray. Pray, 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 pray. Pray, fall on your knees and pray. Pray while you're at work. Pray while you're doing laundry. Pray while you're doing yard work. Pray while you're cooking. Pray while you're driving. He said we always need to be in prayer. We constantly need to be asking for knowledge, for understanding, and for Jesus to just help us. And he said eventually our end goal is that we are so close to the Lord we can almost hear him whispering in our ear and he said and the only way you can do that is if you pray 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 and pray and read 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 and read and you need to read to understand and you if you can't understand what you're reading you need to pray I mean drop on your knees and pray because if you can't learn you can't learn anything if you can't understand and if you can't learn then you're not going to grow. And if you're not growing, you're not a Christian. Christians grow. You start as a babe, but you grow up to be an adult. Verse 17. Ye therefore, beloved seeing, ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being laid away with the error of wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. So therefore, beloved, Therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. So this is just saying, you know, beware, warning, don't turn like the others, don't don't be led away with the other people that are wicked. Turn from your own ways and turn to God. Not only turn to God, but share God. I mean, it doesn't really say that. We just know that. But that verse is pretty much just saying, be careful. Don't go with the crowd. Don't go with the flow. Don't be a run-of-the-mill type of person. Don't just go to work and be like all the other employees because you want to fit in. Be different. Don't just go to school and be like all the other kids you go to school with because you want to fit in. Be different, because if you're not different, you need to reevaluate yourself. 18. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. So the only way we're going to be a true Christian is if we grow in grace, grow in Jesus. He will grow us. If we read, if we pray, and if we really love him and try, he will grow us. In order to grow in him, we have to stand out from other people. We might not have as many friends. We might not get a job promotion. You know, if you your boss didn't like you for whatever reason. We might get talked bad upon. In the future, we will get persecuted. And in the future, quite possibly, we could die for the sake of the Lord. I'm not joking. If we live to see 
the mark of the beast. I'm not taking it. And you better be careful. Because what it's going to be. I'm not saying it's the Saturday 2020. I'm not saying that at all. But if it is. You know. The mark of the beast either is a chip that goes in your forehead or goes in your wrist. And if they come in and they say you have to have this vaccine for the coronavirus. And it's a chip in your forehead or it's a chip in your arm. And, you know, your work is saying, you got to take it. You got to take it. You absolutely have to take it. If you don't take it, you're going to lose your job. We can't let you have a job here if you don't take it. And you look around and you see Dustin taking it, Zach taking it, Jeremy taking it, Cliff taking it. All these people taking it. We will not take it. We cannot take it. It is literally... It, it it eternally damns you. You you can't come back from it. I mean, it's Jesus don't forgive it, give you for it. If you take it, you go to hell. It's sh- sure fire, damnation. But the mark of the beast is just like everything else. Just because you refuse the mark of the beast, it doesn't mean you're going to go to heaven. You could refuse the mark of the beast and you could still not be a Christian, you know. If you still live in sin daily and don't love Jesus and you don't give your life to him, then it's the same. So you need to evaluate yourself and I need to evaluate myself and I need to see that, you know, if I'm not living my life for Jesus, I might as well take that mark. I might as well be internally damned. We have to be so careful about how we present ourselves at work, at school, at church, even, even just out in town. We have to be so careful of how we present ourselves. And how we live. Because we can't just go with the flow and run like everyone else. If we did, we'd be no different than them. We wouldn't be Christians. There's a lot of people that claim to be Christians, but then they go out and they drink and they party and they do whatever they want and they cuss and they swear and they do whatever they want. We can't be like them. If we are, then what's the difference between them and us? Nothing. That ruins our testimony. We can no longer testify to them, witness to them, try to get them saved. We're not even saved. I mean, if we're really out here just doing whatever we want and not thinking about it, not trying, not praying, not reading, not trying to be better, then what are we? I don't know. I'm just going to leave you with... Brian said yesterday, if you're a Christian, but you can easily go a day without reading your Bible, or you're a Christian, and you can easily go a day without praying, or you're a Christian, and you can go to work, or go to school, or go out to town, or talk to friends, and just have the dirtiest mouth and the dirtiest language, and talk about whatever you want to talk about, Or if you're a Christian and you don't 
feel burdened for other people or you're a Christian and you don't pray for other people or you're a Christian and you don't witness to other people, then he said, reevaluate yourself because you might not be a Christian. And I don't know, it just hit me really hard yesterday. That's why I took the time to stop doing Matthew 15 and do this because I thought it was important and I wanted you to hear it. I wish you could have been at the drive-in yesterday, but I know you couldn't. Anyways, I love you, and I hope you have a great day at work. And uh, let me know what you thought about this.